Hello, and welcome to Scaling Enterprise Agility, a podcast brought to you by Accenture and Atlassian that's all about how businesses can be more adaptive and responsive to the ever-increasing rate of change around us. I'm Nick Pulse, your host and business agility lead at Accenture, and it gives me great pleasure to welcome our next guest, Natalia Barishnikova, GM and Head of Product, Enterprise Agility at Atlassian. Welcome, Natalia. It's so nice to have you with us today. How are you and how are you enjoying your visit to Australia? Hey, Nick. Thank you so much for having me here. It's an utter pleasure to be here and I'm enjoying the early spring in Sydney, particularly the jacaranda trees around the city are absolutely gorgeous in their purple bloom. And I just figured out this morning there's apparently a jacaranda viewing trail that you can go and just see the best bloom around the city. So that's what I'm hoping to do tomorrow morning. Awesome. And for those with hay fever, it's beautiful, but also <laughs> it can be quite painful as well. Oh, but it's like everything, right? Like you have the pros and you have the cons. Absolutely. So I'm going to focus on the beauty. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So you have a very interesting role title, GM and Head of Product, mm-hmm. Enterprise Agility at Atlassian. How do you explain to your relatives, your friends about mm-hmm. what you do? I uh, run a business and uh, I'm responsible for all things Enterprise Agility at Atlassian. It includes building the strategy and uh, making sure that we build the right things for our customers. But it's also about really thinking ahead and figuring out what are our customers not asking or that we want to build. So thinking about strategy and how we're philosophically thinking about the market as Atlassian, what's going to happen three, five, ten years down the road that we need to be prepared for. I also uh, am heavily involved into all aspects of the business. And this is why I spend a lot of time with partners, with customers, with the entire ecosystem of the enterprise agility and agile community because I care deeply about this space and evolving it in a way that advances impact that agile practices and enterprises really have on the world. Yeah, lovely. Love that. That's a great role and I'm sure that keeps you very busy. So obviously, very big remit. You know, Alassian's a software company at the end of the day. So you're looking at software solutions to problems in conjunction with the broader kind of ways of working changes that unlock enterprise agility. What are some of the, the tools out there that is under your remit for development and a continuous improvement. It reminded me when you said Atlassian is a software company, it reminded me of this fairly famous business story when John F. Kennedy was visiting NASA facilities. And, you know, I'm going to talk about... Uh, I know where we're going. The, yeah, the, the launch site. And he was asking what people were doing. And when he asked the janitor, what are you doing? And he said, I'm sending people to the moon. And yes, Atlassian is a software company, but I don't think any of the Atlassian leaders or anyone really who works at Atlassian thinks about ourselves as just a software company. So the mission of Atlassian is to unleash the potential of every team and really, really like to think about our impact on the world. In that context, NASA that I mentioned is a customer that sends missions to Mars and whatnot, and Atlassian powers that impact. So that's all about empowering impact of others through helping them get there. And Enterprise Agility is no difference to that. We work with some of the largest customers of Atlassian, even though we're really welcoming to customers that may not have the, the enterprise skill who want to practice enterprise agility because we believe that enterprise agility is not just for the true enterprises. We, and we see a lot of organizations that have a huge impact on the world that may be on the smaller side. But ultimately, it's not so much about what's the size of the organization. It's really how do we help them solve the problem of connecting strategy to execution with our tools such as Jiraline. And that's a problem that's really not exclusive to large enterprises, but it's something that we see a lot of organizations starting to 
struggle with at a certain size. And therefore, an opportunity to figure this out is a massive one that I'm really excited to work on and to make it my life. Yeah, awesome. That purpose motive is really Absolutely. important. Absolutely. So I'm that janitor who sends people to the moon. Love yes. that. Love yeah. that. You mentioned Jira Line, and that obviously is one of your cornerstone products in this enterprise agility space. Can you give the audience a bit of a background and history of the product for those that might be unfamiliar with it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Geoline was born as Agile Craft, and so it was acquisition that Atlassian made in year 2019. The context of Geoline is that it's a solution that really allows you to tie your work. That may happen in Jira software, but it may happen in any other work tracking tools that you might have, and then connect that execution that your teams are working on to strategy. And it was a fantastic fit for the Atlassian portfolio because Atlassian story is also something about the evolution from just having Jira to then having Confluence to then having many different tools that really allow organizations uh, to unleash the power of our team and track work and help people understand work and get better about planning and strategizing that work. So naturally, Jiraline was a huge fit for the Atlassian portfolio, and that's why Many Atlassian customers were very excited to adopt it. I think it still plays the, the role in the Atlassian portfolio overall of being that kind of umbrella and the the overview and the big picture layer. Uh-huh. And I think that it's fair to say that it will continue playing that role. Of course, as Atlassian, we'll always keep adding new tools and capabilities. But to me, the importance of Juraline in the Atlassian world is to be that layer that helps you connect all the dots, no matter where your work is happening. Yep. No, that's fantastic. And the mission unlocked the power of every team that applies from development teams all the way up to executive teams. And I suppose Juraline is that fit that takes it beyond the team level to the yeah, enterprise and absolutely. executives. Yeah. And it goes both ways, right? One of my favorite customers from a large bank in the United States, he said it beautifully. He said, you know what? I care about the software developer on day one. Because we often think about strategy as top-down or semi-top-down, setting off the strategy, setting off the priorities, and then letting the team know and cascading down. Those are the typical words that you hear when you talk about strategy and the distribution of strategy. However, strategy is also about empowering people and really making them believe in, in the company mission on day one. Because if you are an engineering software intern on day one, and so you are working on code and you want to know what are you working on and how does it connect to the bigger picture? So who are you sending to the MOOC? Yeah. And it's such a powerful way to frame it, not to think about, yes, leadership needs to know what's going on within the organization and visibility, but rather say, hey, when a new person joins our team, we want them to be empowered and believe in what we're doing. And we don't just want it to be a kumbaya, we want them to know exactly how what they're doing, that piece of work ties up to the bigger strategy and why does it matter? And I think that's a very empowering part of connecting strategy to execution, something that I've heard from quite a few Aussie customers here in Sydney. I think that's another layer that makes my job so exciting. What are you seeing as the major customer pain points right now for organizations that are pursuing this enterprise agility agenda? And how does a tool like Jira Line go some way in solving that for them? I think that's leaders of organizations of all sizes, but especially large organizations, they care a lot about what is going on. But just to be able to see and to answer a very simple question that CEOs often ask, what are we doing? What are we working on as a company? It's not that simple. And then you ask the next question, are we working on the right things? And it's also not easy to answer. And then you ask, can we shift gears? Can we work on something else? And can we figure out how we 
deprioritize things and prioritize something else, if we're changing our strategy, how do we make that happen? And how do we make that happen quickly? I believe that those are fairly simple questions, but getting answers to those questions is incredibly challenging. And fundamentally, I think that empowering teams, especially on the leadership level, but also on all levels of the organizations, get answers to those questions is the superpower you're aligned. And those are real pains when your CEO doesn't know what the company is working on, which it may sound stupid, but it actually happens quite a lot. And so that's a huge pain point, right? Like how can you steer a giant ship if you don't have any coordinates or any sort of location where, where you need to go and where you are? You can't. And so that to me, ultimately what uh, the pain points that Geraldine solves okay. are all about. And what have you seen as the reaction to that level of visibility and transparency mm. from strategy through to delivery? Because the tool is a tool at the end of the day and there's yeah. a broader system of work that includes culture and yeah. you know, process and all that kind of things. Yeah. Throwing a tool like Geraldine and getting that visibility, what, is you, what have you seen as some reactions yeah. you know, caused by that? It's not always easy. And I think that you bring up a really important point that it's as much about the change of culture, the change of rituals, practices, as it is about tooling. And people often overlook that layer of change. And it always comes back and hits them right in the back because the reaction that customers get sometimes when they're trying to rule out something like that is, hey, do you mean that my work and the progress of my work will be visible to my leadership? I don't want that. Exactly. Yeah, work on something in silo, just leave me alone. But that is fundamentally a very, very challenging problem to solve, arguably even more challenging than the technology problem around this. That's why I admire our customers so much, because they're solving this fundamentally human problem that cannot be easily solved with technology. Like AI is not going to solve that. Crypto is not going to solve that. (laughs) Nothing is going to solve that because we're humans and we haven't evolved that much over the thousands of thousands of years. But that also what makes the problem so fascinating because you can aid pieces of that problem with technology. But fundamentally, it's the human part that I think is the hardest about the change. Couldn't agree more. Love that answer. <laughs> you obviously talk to customers quite often in your role. What are you seeing as like the major trends or changes in how organizations are pursuing an enterprise agility agenda? One trend that I think has become very clear uh, over the past uh, 12 months is that organizations are trying to find their own flavor of safe. Uh, Some folks are completely departing from any frameworks, and then some folks are absolutely hardcore safe and will always be. But I feel like people really have gotten to a point in time where they really want to invent their own framework sometimes like for just for this organization or they are demanding more flexibility in terms of how things can get done with perhaps support from the tooling and i believe that the reason why we're seeing it so much now is because the macroeconomic factors that we all have experienced over the past maybe year and a half have forced organizations to be quicker ironically to be more agile right because if you're trying to change your strategy and quickly convert that into a change in execution and make it fast uh, in a tough conditions of the market, you really don't care about what is the framework that you're pursuing. You have something that arguably may be tactical, but also very strategic because you need to grow that agility muscle and an ability to pivot quickly. And if a framework gets in the way of that, the framework will go out of the window. 
And I think that the premise of enterprise agility, and I think that the core principles of agility overall are still very much there, but I do believe that customers are demanding a whole lot more in terms of flexibility uh, so that they can go and make that change faster. And that's something that I have not seen before. And I imagine the Duraline product is catering for agnostic frameworks or the bespoke frameworks that are being developed. Yeah, absolutely. And we will double down on this even more because we've always been trying to support our customers and meet them where they're at. Because if you're a large international organization, that you will never have all teams operating in the same way. Yeah, Exactly. So it's always been that. We have a large number of customers that are in the automotive sector, right? So there are organizations out there driving their entire, for example, electric vehicle programs using Geraline. And that's multi-decade program that oftentimes cannot be agiled yeah. in a way that, you know, some of the agile principles have been built for. And yet, those organizations, they need to operate. They need to build that software muscle skill. They need to be able to pivot quickly. And those are the types of problems that are demanding more flexibility and support for that. So that's something that we, of course, are responding to, but also I would say we're being proactive about it because we started seeing this early and I'm hoping to delight our customers with quite a few changes that will allow them to do more with less. Sounds like good product management practices there. We can only hope. (laughs) Excellent. Um, For those listeners out there that are looking at considering a a tool like JiraLine, are there any kind of foundational elements that need to be in place to give it every chance of succeeding in the enterprise? Sometimes when we answer that question, we say, we need to make sure that you have enough skill. And I've been thinking a lot about that answer. And I tend to believe now that it's not as much about the scale at which point you really need to have a dedicated tool for solving that problem, but more so the evaluation of how challenging is the problem for you right now in terms of not having something that gives you that visibility of work and ability to pivot more quickly and ability to tie the triangle of people, money, and work so that your team can make better strategic decisions and executing them faster is how painful that problem is for you, uh, regardless of the size of the organization or the structure of the organization, how agile or non agile you are. It's really about how nascent or mature is that problem for your business. And how quickly do you need to solve it? Because if your pain point is okay, you know how in the US, in hospitals, they use this pain scale. They always ask you on a scale from zero to 10, like what is your pain? Right, your pain. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And so uh, I would ask, uh, if I were a customer, I would ask myself the same question. I would ask from zero to 10, what is my pain right now about not having connection between strategy and execution? And if it's something like three or four, don't take that painkiller, right? Yeah. <laughs> but if it gets more problematic for you, then you do want to go and explore the tooling to help you with that set of problems. I also find sometimes that people shy away from thinking about this tool set because they don't like the terms enterprise agility or it's like just agility. As much as I love the agile community, I don't think that realistically these are the words that everybody can relate to. So that's why I think that framing that problem is more of a strategy and execution connection problem. And asking that sort of questions is much better than thinking about like, oh, do I want to be more agile? Because then I think that you might be solving a different set of problems that are not necessarily the right problems to solve. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. And I'm sure you've seen a lot of implementations during your time as a chief product officer. What are some of the success patterns you've seen to roll out and implementing a tool like JiraLine effectively? There are multiple patterns that I have observed 
in terms of the size of the implementation, the kind of how you implement the order and sequencing of implementation. One thing that is true about every implementation that I have seen is that people have a good understanding of what they're getting themselves into, especially in terms of that culture change that you're talking about. Oftentimes you see folks looking at the tool and they're like, yeah, I'm just going to roll it out tomorrow. And the reason why they can't roll it out tomorrow has nothing to do with technology, but more so that software engineers and their teams, they look at it and like, what am I supposed to align how I assign my story points? Yeah. What? Yeah. No. And then just throw the laptop out of the window. So things like that, I'm exaggerating, of course, but just understanding the sheer human complexity of that rollout and understanding the enterprise landscape and how agile your teams are and how do you want to meet different needs. That is something that I think is a challenge that most innovations that go poorly run into. Mm-hmm. And for folks that do it successfully, they're usually very serious about this and they have thought that through, not just on a technology level, but on the last human level. On yeah. a human level, exactly. It's like, you know, the Leo Tolstoy war and peace opening that all happy families are happy in, in a similar way and each had happy families that happen in its own way. So I feel like if things go wrong, they can be quite different, but Definitely what makes things go right is thinking through that human aspect of the rollout. Obviously, very important with a, an investment in any tooling is the value equation. Mm-hmm. Can you maybe speak to some of the benefits that your clients are realizing through the tool like Geraline? I really like to not answer this question usually because I want customers to hear from other customers, yeah. right? Because I, I definitely have a point of view and I'll share it in a moment. But uh, one thing that we've created within our enterprise agility business and for our Geraline customers is actually a set of customer forums for America, for EMEA, and we're hoping to do something in Asia Pacific very soon as well. But there's nothing more powerful when people ask that question to each other and having prospects that are considering this challenge to actually talk to a customer and understand what was good for them and what are some of the challenges that they that they ran into. But uh, in general, the patterns that I have seen over how people think about proof of value usually are at least early on in their agile journey to figuring out what are some of the recurring streams of value within their organizations and then measuring that end-to-end journey of creating something and then getting that something into the hands of their customers or into the world. And then starting to see the patterns of where might we have some roadblocks, where might we be wasting time versus not spending that time onto something that's more meaningful. And value stream management, I think, has definitely been a big talk of the town recently. We recently launched a solution for value stream management where we connected JiraLine with the power of Jira software as well as Atlassian Analytics, Atlassian's data visualization tool. And we also provided our point of view, our opinion about how can you measure those types of things, your value streams on different levels of the organization using JiraLine and Jira software data, and then visualizing them, adding your third-party tools if you wish to have that complete picture of essentially what drives your business within the organization, how long does it usually take for something that is an idea that your sales team provides to you in a certain region to converting it into something that's being built by your development team and then all the way to shipping and even potentially world market launch across different regions. So that's part of the connection and representation of connection strategy to execution. And I find that customers who think about timelines and how long it takes and other success metrics around the journey 
they usually can get an easy way of showing that value and showing like, hey, we are investing less time into planning because, and therefore things are happening faster. And the reason why I like that so much is oftentimes I see people thinking about costs and I talk to customers like, what about labor costs? And the great thing about thinking about it more from a business value perspective, you can tie it to the revenue as well. Not only to say we're spending less because 2023 is not a year where you see followers to hear that answer that you're spending less. They also are here. We're making more. That's right. right. And it's yeah. doing more with less at the moment, exactly. isn't it? Yeah. Le- yeah, exactly. More with less. But also, this is the year where CFOs started, started uh, coming to CTOs and saying, like, hey, man, I gave you money two years ago. What happened? Like, how did we use this? Right. And so not having a good answer to that question or not having a good answer to, okay, how are we going to make more money or margin going forward are quite deadly today. And so helping organizations with answering those questions, I think, is what works really well for making business cases, but for seeing value and in a way that you can communicate to the rest of the organization. I can see optimizing that flow of work is a really clear benefit. I imagine there would be some other ones around visualizing the work and seeing duplicate initiatives across an enterprise or wrong sequencing of work leading to inefficiencies. I'm sure there's a lot more to it than just that flow optimization. For the duplication work in particular, that's actually one of my favorite use cases for Planet Lasting Intelligence in our world. So the AI that Atlassian launched at Team 23 is because we do have this unique position as an organization where because we have so much information about like all the work that's happening within your organization, we can also help you find things that may be the same. Yes, it is about visualizing and having that transparency, but it's also so much more that we can do where you don't really have to go out and look for those duplicative pieces of work where we as Atlassian can actually suggest to you that, hey, this looks suspicious because they're the same thing. Those things are they're quick to measure and they have immediate impact saying like, hey, those are the things that are duplicative. I do find though that when people think about measuring value, they rarely... Maybe yet. I think that's you're living in the future. I do. Okay. <laughs> five years down the line, like finding a duplicate of work and like assigning value to those types of things will be more of a trend. I don't think we're there yet. I think right now it's much more about the time and the flow efficiency. The flow efficiency and be out. But I do see early signs about more philosophical efficiency. For example, having Jira help you write your stories, right? Because yeah. again, is that last thing we really know what is working well for organizations in terms of creation of Jira stories. And can we maybe suggest to people who are new to this how to do it well, right? So those types of things, I think, have a a tremendous potential. And in the enterprise agility world, again, can we suggest how you might structure your portfolio? That's the part that makes me exceptionally excited to leverage more of the enterprise enterprise agility AI technologies. But I think that right now, if I were a customer right now, I would probably still recommend to Think about how do you tie this work that's happening into your revenue. In your role as head of product, you've spoken to how you're interacting with customers a little bit. Can you maybe dive into that a little more? And importantly, what are customers and partners telling you about Duralong? I was meeting with a uh, customer right before this, and I met with three customers here in Sydney uh, yesterday. And it always amazes me how much thinking they do about how to run their organizations. So goes back to the point about software being really well, much more than software in this case, as being the agent of change. But uh, if I were to summarize the trends from just the last few weeks recently, it is about 
need for greater flexibility. It is about the need to have a greater connection between that triangle of people, money, and work to grant the strategic decision-making and understand layers of change, but also layers of the change impact. It also is about the need for organization-wide adoption because uh, I think that enterprise agility, it only works if you have the entire enterprise buy in to it and the return on investment in such case is much greater. But so just talking to customers, how can they advance that and how is it represented in capabilities are always very interesting conversations. For example, visibility and driving that visibility before you can make more change is hugely important. And so that, of course, reflects in how we think about the roadmap and the growth of the business. So I talked about, you know, being very excited about uh, artificial intelligence and what it can do for our business. So you'll see in the world of JiraLine and more announcements from us soon. You also see us invest a lot more into roadmap capabilities to drive that visibility, as well as flexibility and letting organizations do things their way that may be framework agnostic somewhat if they if that is a, that was their preference as well as thinking more about like how do we tie financial data as well as the team data into that decision making process and understanding what is going on within the organization so those are some of the themes that based on the conversations with the customers that we're listening to and hearing very loud and clear and so this most certainly will be driving a lot of our investment no pun intended yeah. into <laughs> the near future of enterprise agility and Geraldine. Is there anything else on the roadmap in the near future that customers can look out for? Those capabilities separately, but in jail, we're thinking a lot more about the strategic portfolio management capabilities and what does that mean? Because we're seeing that with that increased need of the organizations and people driving work to be able to have strategic conversations with the executives and executives needing to have a lot more visibility and a lot more tools to support their strategic decision-making. I feel like that is the broader area where you will see us invest a lot more. But that, again, it's really tied to arguably a growing presence and impact of agility as a business concept in what represents the health of the business today. Because with the growing data set around all things work and the tool explosion that we have experienced over the past decade, I think it's getting harder and harder for executives to drive companies, which is ironic, right? Because previously we had a problem with not having enough data. Now you have a lot of data, but it's all siloed. It's all disconnected. And be able to ask those simple questions and get simple answers is quite a journey. So I feel like us thinking about that executive leader who needs to make decisions and how do we empower them, but also empower teams that are doing the work is something that's very top of mind. And I think you'll see a lot more investments into that specific persona from our side. Is there anything you want to leave the audience with? Any um, parting words of knowledge or wisdom? I would love the audience to know that Nick actually presented me with a toy wombat right before we started this podcast, which was absolutely fantastic because... I believe that this is the best part of Australia and I'm immensely grateful to come back home with a stuffed animal (laughs) that is adorable. But uh, thank you for having me. Hopefully this was uh, an interesting conversation. No, thank you, Natalia, for giving up some of your time on a very busy uh, whirlwind tour of Australia. It sounds like you're doing tremendous work in this enterprise agility space and really living that Atlassian purpose of unleashing power of every team. Thank you for your time and safe travels for the rest of your journey. Enjoy the jacaranda trees tomorrow. Yeah, sounds great. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. 
You've been listening to Scaling Enterprise Agility, a podcast from Atlassian and Accenture. You can learn more about the work Atlassian and Accenture are doing together by using the links in our show notes. We'll be back with more conversations soon. Follow us now in your podcast app and you won't miss an episode.